This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Sierra Stockland has owned and operated businesses since her early teens. And through her coaching program, the Boutique Workshop, Sierra strives to motivate boutique owners to dream big and build simply. Oh, I love that word, simply. Sierra, welcome to the yes. show. Thanks for having me. This will be a great conversation. It will. And I, I can tell that it's going to be great already because before we hit record, you told me you're going to be doing an Ironman in October here in yes. Houston. And yes. I love talking to fellow runners. I have run over 1,400, 14 days in a row. Um, running in the summer in Houston, that is an experience. It's like running in a sauna. And when I get back to the house and the air conditioning, my lungs are going, oxygen, oxygen, we need oxygen. (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine. So I'm in North Dakota, but it does get hot and humid here too, which kind of surprises people. Um, Right now we're kind of in a hot streak. It's about 90 and it can get pretty humid because we're in the Red River Valley. And I know what you mean, but I hate running on the treadmill. So I go outside and do it anyway. I love being outside. I'm the same way. I would much rather go outside and be with nature. And for my yes. for my birthday this year, my daughter got me a pair of AirPod Pros, and they've got this really cool thing called transparency mode. So when you're when I'm running, not only can I hear the audiobook, I can actually hear people going by and saying hello. I can hear the birds That's chirping. Great. So for a safety feature, I get the best of both worlds. And yes. uh, but I am, you know looking forward to cooler weather. And you said yeah. you can be down here in October for the Ironman event. You asked me what the weather's like. I'm like, you'll be okay in October. Now I Good. say that oh. and I hope we don't have like, like a massive heat front come through. Uh, don't kill the messenger. I'm just saying usually in October, you're pretty safe. Daily highs are about mid to low eighties. You should be okay. Okay. What about the wind? Is it windy in Houston? Uh, it can be, but it's not as windy as other places. I mean, as you okay. can tell, this is an audio-only podcast. I don't have to worry about hair, wind blowing my hair around because I'm bald. But we do have some wind, but mainly it's around when the storm's coming. Okay, so I should be good. Well, I'm hoping for an overcast, cool, amazing day for my first yes. Ironman. Now, That's remind me what uh, remind me and the listener what does um, uh, Ironman entail? Yes, so a two and a half mile swim. And then a 114-mile bike ride and a full marathon in one day. Now, have you ever done one before? I have not. And actually, funny enough, I've never run a marathon. I am a 5K'er. So I went from let's do fast 5Ks to let's run an Ironman. Wow. You know, as someone who runs every day, people ask me, are you training for a marathon? I said, nope. Why do you only run three miles a day? Because I'm running every day for the rest of my life. I'm 56 years young. I've been running for four years now. Well, be four years on October 27th. I started the day after Hurricane Harvey left. And so I can't run six, seven, eight, 10, 12 miles because I wouldn't be able to run the next day. And I listen to my body when I go out running. If my body like this morning says, uh, dude, there's no oxygen out here. Uh, I run slow. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I mean, people are impressed by my running streak. But I'm just running because I know when you're in physical shape, when you take care of your body, not only are you more productive, but you tend to live longer. Right. And you know what I found is really interesting as I've been training for this Ironman, how much it relates to small business. I've been, you know, because I spend so much time on the bike or just the thoughts, the way that you start working with your mindset, the discipline of getting up like you do and doing what you need to do every day, regardless of if you feel like it. So it's been really fun for me to just see those lessons come together too. 
I'm enjoying it. That's a super awesome pivot to our, the topic of our show today, because I tell people that you will never be your most productive self unless you're doing what you love to do, where you love to do it. When I roll out of bed, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so excited to serve the people I'm going to serve today. If you wake out of bed and go, oh, another day, you might want to consider what you're doing because you only get one life. And you might as well do something and serve people you really want to do because then it's not work. It's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love the season I'm in right now because I didn't always understand that, believe it, realize it, apply it. But I am now and I'm it is it's amazing when you love what you do, how much better you are at it and how much better you can serve your customers. And yeah, I totally Totally believe you. And let me just clarify that loving what you do doesn't mean you're a millionaire, have your own private jet or a private universe. It just means you wake up with the best way I can explain it is I wake up every day like a little boy at Christmas morning. Like what does Santa bring? That's the feeling I have or the feeling of my birthday. Okay. That's the feeling I have seven days a week. And if you don't have that feeling now, it's okay. Recognize you have that feeling and go, okay you know what, this is not what I want to do for the long term. And then start looking at other ideas. Don't, don't just settle. I see, or I see so many people, they just settle. They're just like, well, I'm making good money and you know, I got good perks. I'm like, but you're, you're miserable. Right. And you're not living out your full potential, you know? So I always say like, what is this thing that people that know you and love you are always saying you're really good at? What do you, when you do that particular tax task, do you light up? Do you want to do more of it? Start thinking more about that and leaning. And it's not, it doesn't mean that we don't do particular things that we don't enjoy. Like I love my job as a whole, but there's certain things that I don't really care for that are part of it. So you can't get, you know, well, I don't like doing that. So I'm just going to dismiss that part. But as a whole, the direction you're going in, is it something that you have a passion for and you're really good at? Um, that's what we need to pursue. I love how you said, ask other people, because sometimes we're in the forest, we can't see the trees and your friends go, Oh, duh, you are so good at acts. And you're like, really? But it's so natural to you. You didn't see your gift. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you start hearing something over and over, you need to pay attention to that. When you start hearing this person said that, and every time I do this, I get complimented or, you know, start paying attention to those things. And, and I, I, what I encourage people to do is if you're not sure, then become an avid reader, whether you listen to audiobooks on your daily walk or daily run, or you read a print book, whatever the case may be, start exposing yourself to different ideas. Maybe start going to webinars and other trainings that, well, let me see. And if you go to the training and it doesn't speak to you, you can always quit the training. But you got to expose yourself to new experiences and new ideas because the world is changing every day. Yeah. And I think wanting – so I just heard recently on a podcast I listened to, um, they asked the interviewee, the person they were interviewing, um, what is the number one characteristic you see in successful entrepreneurs? And he said they have an inquisitive mind. I love that. Like constantly asking why, trying to figure things out. Um, When you have perceived failure, things don't go the way you want instead of pouting or sitting and, you know, sulking, ask what you could have done differently, where something went wrong that you could change. I think just having that inquisitive mindset is so important for growth. It's a great leadership quality. um, And it's a great way to 
I don't know, to just keep improving what you're already doing and what you're already loving. I love how Brendan Burchard puts it. True experts are students first. So true experts never get to a point and go, okay, I got it all figured out. I am the master right. of my industry. No, they go, okay, how can I get better? How can I serve people better? So never think you got to the point where you've arrived. I remember when I graduated high school, I'm like, this is it. People go, no, you have to go to college. Right. College. <laughs> and then I went to college. I'm like, oh, great. I, I'm graduating college. I'm done learning. I go, no, now you've just started learning. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, I just got a degree. No, you have to keep on learning. You have to be a student of life. If you look at all the successful people, like you say, they never stop learning. They're like, let me try this. Let me learn this. And that's how they're, they're so successful. And I, I see people who are just like, oh, I don't read. I don't listen to audiobooks. Well, how do you expect to get ahead if you're not exposing yourself to new ideas? Yeah. And constantly meeting people, asking people their story. That's huge. We can learn so much from just listening to someone else's story. Um, instead of always telling our own, right. <laughs> but listening, asking, always have, I like to say, like, have someone two feet in front of you in your journey and two steps or two feet behind you, because we learn really well too, by teaching. Sometimes the best learning comes from helping someone else, but then having someone who's been there, done that, and is just a little bit further ahead in their journey. That's huge too. So I think surrounding yourself with just people in all walks of small business or parenting or marriage or whatever, and then being inquisitive, asking those questions. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Okay, so you brought up a story. Now I got to know, Sierra, what is your story? Oh boy, my story. I'll give you a short version. Um, third generation entrepreneur. I'm from North Dakota. That's a story in and of itself. I survived North Dakota winters for 40 plus years. Um, but yeah, so small business family. And I really struggled as high school, you know, was coming around. What am I going to do in college? Because to, to think of like boxing myself in to a desk and a chair and what I do forever. I just have this, I, you know, always an idea of like, what can I grow? What can I build? What can I change? What can I, you know, improve on? Um, so I started my first business when I was 13 by accident. Um, I was a homeschool kid and wanted to be involved in theater. Didn't have an opportunity. I was whining about it. My mom said, if you want something, why don't you do it on your own? I said, okay, sure. So I started this little acting company. It ended up growing. And for the next decade, I had a studio. I worked with high school, homeschool, college kids. It was great. Um, built it into this full business. Then got married, had a couple little people. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of nights, weekends. And so let me exchange it for retail, which is nights, weekends, and holidays. So I don't know how smart I was thinking that I was going to go from one one thing uh, to better. But anyway, so 2006, opened my first retail store, built that, grew it, franchised it. Um I like to say that we came to a point where God decided he was going to pry out of my grimy little hands what I thought I wanted my life to look like <laughs> and my business to look like. Um, at the time, I was not happy about it, um, but ended up, we, we like to say God unwound, unwound our retail story 
And like so many of us, when we're in the middle of that and we're asking the why, right? Sometimes it's from a, why me? (laughs) You know, why all this? But it ended up that he was just preparing me for something much greater. And um, through a series of events, as we unwound the retail brick and mortar store, I ended up getting into coaching, helping other boutique owners avoid the mistakes that I made, do the things that I did well, um, even better. And now I'm a coach and I absolutely love it. Back to what we started with. When you have a passion, you know it. I love it, Mark. Every day I get to help other entrepreneurs. I get to see them win. It's awesome. And if I would have been able to stay on the course that I thought was best, I would be so unhappy. But here I am. So that's my story in a very small condensed nutshell. (laughs) <laughs> little people. I just thought they hysterically had little people. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's just, I never heard of a first day before. I thought that was funny. Uh, you know, what's interesting about my story is I was fired from my job in July of 2005. And when I was fired, I was really angry. But now that I look back, it's one of the better things that happened in my life because had I not been fired, I may not be Mr. Productivity. I may not have the podcast. And so it was interesting is last Saturday in church, the, the pastor was talking about life altering events. And he goes, everyone has these LAEs as he called them. And he goes, what that causes your life to do is to have a detour. And when you go through the detour, you have three choices. You can give up, you can complain, or you can persevere. But he said, here's the thing. Your detour may become your new path. And when he said that, I'm like, I wrote it down in my bullet journal. I'm like, Wow. So my detour, my life altering event, one of them was getting fired and that put me on a new path. You had a detour and put you on a new path. So it's amazing that just because you're on the detour, maybe that's the path that God wants to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And in the middle of it, like you said, we have an, we have a choice that fork in the road. Like I could have curled up on the couch Mm -hmm. literally and said, I'm done helping people. I'm done. Life isn't fair. What was done to me was not fair. I'm going to become bitter, angry, and worthless. And believe me, I was tempted. Believe me, I was tempted. (laughs) I have this picture that I shot, which I'm so glad I took this picture. It was of the logo of my brand on my mouse pad. So sitting on my desk next to a bottle of Tums and a crumpled up tissue. And I I took that picture in the middle of the valley because I was like, this is literally my life right now. Tears, Tums, and this stupid brand that's put me here. But when I was able to say, but you know what? Hey, what does God have in store for me? What have I learned that I could help others with? What could I change? What would I do differently next time around? And just started being more and more open to that. It was amazing how the opportunities to just coach and teach came in. And like I said, I, I'm loving it. It's great. Mm. It's, it's fantastic. And I never could have imagined I never would have chosen this. It's awesome. And I will tell you that if you're familiar with the the Bible at all, I'm a Christian. I read the Bible every day and every year. God kept telling the Israelites, hey, this is what I want you to do. And they would do it and they wouldn't do it. They would do it and they wouldn't do it. And when they didn't do it, they would kind of like, you know, get in captivity and all these horrible things happen to them. And so if you believe in God, make sure you're listening to him every day because He will tell you which way to go, right, left, straight, stop, or whatever. You got to listen. A lot of us, though, are bullheaded. We're like, ah, God, you know, you created the universe, but I I I know better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And often he talks to us through other people. Like we talked about saying, hey, Sierra, have you thought about, nope, 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 not interested. Just think about it, right? So sometimes it comes through our friends, family, and our peers. We hear that. 
Um, and we need to be in tune to that and be listening up for sure. And then be willing, willing to try again, willing to get up. Yeah. I remember the story I heard, and this is, you probably heard this, everyone listening to this uh, episode has heard it, but there is a flood and there's this guy who was, you know, about ready to drown and he prayed for God to help. And, and I guess someone came by in a boat and he goes, no, God's going to save me. And someone came by in a helicopter. Oh, you know, God's going to save me. And, and finally he saw this, like, I guess, raft going by and, and he goes, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on the raft because God's going to save me. And he, and he died. He went up to heaven and, yeah. and he goes, God, I prayed for you to save me. And he goes, I sent you a boat, a helicopter, and a raft. What else you want me to do? And, and so, right. it, you know, think about this story because like Sierra said, there may be people in your life telling you things and you're like, ah, what do they know? They may not know anything, what you're doing. See, the problem is we dismiss people. Oh, they're not in my industry. They're not an entrepreneur. They're not a business person, yes. but it does not mean that what they're telling you is wrong. Right. It doesn't mean they might not have some words of wisdom. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I got to go back to something you said about North Dakota winners. Now I, I've not talked yeah. to too many people. I'm originally from Rochester, New York. And I know okay, you. Okay, so you know being, cold. Yes, <laughs> I I know you from North Dakota. Know what a blizzard is, and I I'm trying yes. to get people down here in Houston, Texas, to understand. There's a difference between a blizzard and a snowstorm. No, like what I said, it's yes. kind of like a really bad thunderstorm and a hurricane. Okay, there is a huge <laughs> difference between a blizzard and a snowstorm. And if you've never lived through one, I've lived through several. You probably have as well. Blizzards are not fun. I mean, it's like, it's all you see is white everywhere and you can't get warm unless you're in a hot shower. I mean, you are just cold to the bone. Yeah. Blizzard, howling, howling wind. You, if you walked out the front, it can be really dangerous because yes. you, you know, back in the prairie days, you wouldn't leave because you would get lost and then you'd freeze, you know, so you don't step outside. You can't see anything. Drifts, really high drifts because of the wind. So after a blizzard, you're typically shoveling or snow plowing your way out of things for a couple days. Um, we don't shut down schools around here for snow. Yep. Like, no way. We've got, <laughs> but when there's a true blizzard, boy, the kids love it because we have a snow day. And it'll be like one to three days where it literally shuts the town down. You can't drive. And we have all the equipment and stuff, but. They're pretty special. There's something about being snowed in with your family. Nobody can go to work. Little old-fashioned fun, hot cocoa, all that good stuff. Yeah. And this is back beyond before the internet. So you had like three, three, three TV channels. But I remember in 1978, yeah. 79, the winter 78, we had two blizzards like two weeks apart. And my dad would get so mad because he... He'd plow his driveway, our driveway, and then the snow plows would come through to clean the streets and put all that stuff back in the street. And he would just like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, Dad, it's, just, it's, it's what happens. You know, it's what happens. They got to clean the streets. But yeah, and I remember one year we had snow on Easter. I think Easter that year was at the end of April. Oh, we wow. still had snow on our yard. So if you people in the South think a little sprinkling every four or five years is snow in the winter, you don't know what winter is. Hey, you, listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.
That's right. No, not until everything is absolutely white. Yep. And for more, and it doesn't go away for months. Yes, for months. That's the key thing. If it goes away in a couple no. hours, it's not really it doesn't count. Because no. we get snow here in Houston, like every four or five years, we get a dusting. This this February, we had a very rare winter yeah, storm. That was crazy. I mean, on that Monday morning, I think it was February twelfth or something like that. It was three inches of snow on my backyard. And I remember asking my wife, I'm like, did we move last night? I'm like, because the week before it was like 75 degrees and the week after it was 80, but it was so weird. It's like, I took my, I took our new dog. Well, she was two years old at the time for a walk. And she's like, what is this? She's walking, picking up her paw. She had no, cause she's never seen it before. It was so hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Little kids will do that too. Their first winter, you put them outside and they just kind of look like what's going on. But the kids around here love it. You just bundle them all up, you know, snow pants, all the things, scarves. So all you see is their little (laughs) eyes and then you send them out to play. I remember those days. and I remember it took so long for my mom to dress me. And then when I come in, I had to go pee. Oh my gosh. Yo, I got to take this off, this off, this off. I I got to go. Do you remember the moon? Did you have moon boots? Where you would, okay, we had moon boots, probably because we didn't have a lot of money. So that was like the Kmart boot, you know. So, but the liner would come out and it would get super wet, like snow would get down yeah. in there and playing. So my mom would wrap the liners in bread yes, bags. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then you come in and everything stinks and you're sweaty and you're wet and you're soggy. And then we had clotheslines downstairs with a dehumidifier and she'd yep. hang everything up. And it would all dry for the next day so we could go back out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's going down memory lane with you. It's like it's fun to think yeah. about it, but we I wouldn't want to go back that time because I'm too old to be around that snow. Old and stiff and, yeah. <laughs> so there are there's a little bit of our story, listener. And uh, so I got to ask you, when you deal with your clients, could you say you deal mainly with boutiques like beauty boutiques and beauty supply places? Is that true? Is that true? Yeah, apparel, usually apparel boutique. So really anyone that's inventory based. We have gift shops, men's clothing stores, kids stores, anyone that manages inventory, we'll work with. Okay. So what do you And when I say we, I mean we, I mean me. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. So what do you help them do when they come to you and they invest in you as a coach? What do you what kind of things do you help them with? Yeah, so the main thing we dig into right away is the numbers. We just dig right in. Um, so a lot of times inventory-based businesses are very art, um, artsy focused, right? They're beautiful merchandisers. They can sell to people. They can buy beautiful things, but the numbers intimidate them. And so a lot of times we just start with inventory. Are you entering your inventory properly? Do you know the asset that you own in inventory? How much your inventory costs you? We start at that basic foundation and then we help them build out. I help them build out budgets. Um, looking at profit, how can you start paying yourself so you're not working for free forever, like a lot of entrepreneurs do? Um, and we just all focus on the numbers, like how can we simplify it down and make it really bite-sized and actionable so it's no longer overwhelming? So how has the pandemic hurt your business? It hasn't. Wow actually. So, but I will tell you that's because of asking questions like asking that why. So I think as entrepreneurs, we can never get stuck in what's working and not being willing to ask like, where should I be going? How should I pivot? Get so overused, but you know what I mean? Like how should I move change, you know, for my customer? So last February, when I was seeing what was starting to happen, I thought, okay, oh my goodness, here it goes. All my brick and mortar, they're going to have to shut down. And suddenly they've got to find a way to sell inventory. Can I teach them how to sell it online? 
So we opened up an online how to sell social class um, and we talked about the numbers with it. And we were able to help our customers go from brick and mortar to like now they can keep selling inventory online. And then through that, you know, a lot of courses and stuff I was able to create and help them with. So um, it hasn't affected me. It's interesting to watch the customers that I have. Those that are willing to ask questions, work hard, do what needs to get done, have survived and thrived over the last year and a half. And those customers or potential customers that are like, this isn't fair. What am I going to do now? I don't want to sell online. I hate being behind a camera. I'm like, well, I would hate not paying my bill more. So I would figure out how to, how to get behind the camera if that's what we've got to do. So I'm pretty blunt, but as you can. I, I love that because uh, this past Sunday, I had learned something and it was watching a four minute video. I think it was, it was a four minute video of Russell Brunson's click funnels. He was showing off about how this coach went from making $15 an hour to she built all her funnel. Now she's making $160,000 a year, but that's not what I paid attention to. I was watching her funnel. So I spent four minutes watching this video and spent four hours building up my funnel on my Kajabi website because I'm an action taker because just watching the video and going, Oh, I feel so, I feel so warm and fuzzy. That's not going to get the client. That's not going to get you money to pay your bills. You have to take action. I had a, I was in a group with a one a, a young lady named Jamie Masters a number of years ago, and I remember her because she had this phrase called "active actions." Okay, active actions. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every call, she would ask us on the group call, "What are your active actions are you going to do before next week? Your active actions. We don't. We're not talking about. Well, maybe I'm going to learn how to use Instagram Reels. I mean, right. what are you going to do? Because, like Gary Vaynerchuk says. The magic is in the doing, not the dwelling. Yeah, you should learn. That's called dwelling, but you should learn. That's important, but you got to do. You're not going to, I promise you, your car won't go anywhere. You can wish it all you want to go to your store or to the restaurant, but until you turn it on and put it in drive, it's not going anywhere. And so many people, I, I deal with my clients, probably you as well, because you just alluded to it. They're not doing, they're stuck in the, well, what if I mess up? Look, we all mess up. We all do videos right. and content that don't, don't hit. So what you go on to the next one, but if you're not doing, right. you're in for a word of hurt. Yeah. I heard someone say once, and I love this, that to get a lot of yeses, you have to have a lot of no's yep. and entrepreneurs hate no's because it makes them feel silly or like they don't know what they're doing or whatever the reason, but you don't get a lot of yeses. If you don't have a lot of no's, you have to keep trying. So, you know, people will look at me and they're like, Oh my goodness, Sarah, you've done so many things. You have no idea how many things I've done that have not worked. That were a total bomb. Like what you see is a fraction of what I've actually done. It's just that I've done a lot. So eventually things work, they stick, we learn, we get better at what we do. And that's something I just, so passionate about telling entrepreneurs, just try it. Like stop waiting for your website to look perfect and for this to look great. Just get out and do it and then perfect as you go. Gary Vanderchuk, multi-multi-millionaire, very successful, has millions of followers in all the platforms. But if you listen to a story, when he first started on YouTube with Wine Library TV, nobody watched. Nobody watched for several videos. Uh, I'm also I'm going through Russell Brunson's books right now. He owns, he co-created ClickFunnels. When he started, nobody bought ClickFunnels, but he didn't give up. 
he kept on keeping on. So I don't care. You can't name me a single successful entrepreneur that hit the ground running and didn't have any problems uh, starting. Everyone goes or that waited and waited and waited and waited and then finally did something and poof. Well, that worked great. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) You got to get out and just do. Exactly. And so if you get nothing else out of this conversation with Sierra today, it's all about the doing. Coaches are great, but good coaches will make you do things. If you're going to read a book, then go do what the book says. If you're going to go to a training, do what the training says. Don't go, well, that won't work for me. You know, how do you know? How do you know it won't work for you until you try it? Now, it may not work, but at least you can say, I learned, I tried, it didn't work, I move on to the next thing. It's better to go, well, I learned and I dismissed it. That's the problem. That's what I see people. When I ask them how many books they read in the year, they're like, uh, when's the last time you read a book? Uh, really? You're not reading? You're not training? You're not learning new skills? I mean, you're going to be a, uh, a has-been if you don't get on the ball here. Yeah, it's like the Ironman training. Like I could say, okay, I'm going to do an Ironman and I can run really fast 5K and I can swim and I can bike. So I'm just going to do it. Here I go. Okay, no. (laughs) Hire a coach that knows what they're doing. My coach has won multiple Ironmans. That was important to me. Have someone who's done it. And then have her write a plan and follow the plan. If it says that I'm supposed to bike for an hour today or five hours, I have a five-hour bike ride on Wednesday, Mm. by the way, I better get my rear out and do it because there's a reason it's in the plan and I might not be able to go as fast as she wants me to, or, you know, whatever, but I'm going to get out and I'm going to do it, put my best effort in. I'm going to learn technique swimming. It's probably my slowest, you know, but I'm trying to read and learn. I'm asking, we have a friend that's an amazing swimmer. Help me with this stroke. What am I doing wrong? Right. But it's all about getting it, practicing it, doing it, checking it off the list. I can't just sit back and hope that I'm going to show up in Houston (laughs) and make it. I won't. So, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Probably my website would be the best spot. So sierrastockland.com. It's an interesting spelling. So do you want me to spell it out for your audience? Well, you can for those who are listening, but it'll also be in the show notes. Okay. So C-I-A-R-A-S-T-O- C-K-E-L-A-N-D.com, sierrastockland.com. You can read my blog. You can see what I'm up to. Check me out. This podcast will be shared. So yeah, it's just a great place to stay connected with me. Well, I am glad you are on the show today. Thank you for you know taking me down memory lane with blizzards. And, yeah, we had and, fun. And, uh, did you ever put the plastic on the windows in the winter? Yes. In our original house, we had a really tiny house growing up and yeah, cause it's just, it keeps the wind yes. out from the cracks. You yes. Know? Yeah. You, you don't realize yeah. the cracks are there until you have like a howling wind outside. You have no idea. Um, so yeah. thank you for taking me down memory lane and best of luck for to you on your iron man. I guess they should call it the iron person. That would be really weird to call it the iron, iron human. Yeah. I think iron man's good. I want to be an iron man. I'm all good with okay. it. It's Very great. Good. I want the title. Yeah. Sierra, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, 
absolutely free. Just head on over to MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. 